0: Welcome to Death Watch, the Star Wars podcast from a galaxy not so far, far away. I'm Mike Bennett. And I'm Chris Skull. And today is a special Star Wars Day edition of the show. May the fourth be with you. We want to explore what it is that
1: draws us to Star Wars and why it continues to be so special to
0: us even today. So Chris, why don't you start by sharing what are your earliest childhood memories of the show? Um, The series. Yeah, we
1: we had a guest several... Episodes ago, Emilio, um, he's one of he's one of my longest childhood friends. He was the one who initially introduced me to Star Wars, and uh, after school, we'd always hang out at his house and we'd watch the VHS tapes of the original trilogy. Um, this must have been elementary school, middle school, and uh, watching those movies was, you know, it kind of just it just blew me away because I always felt like I was a you know a nerd at heart, but I didn't really have anything to to sort of cling to and then when i saw the star wars movies i'm like yeah this is this is this is it yeah and um and also like and i was also really big into video games back then sure. like like the nintendo 64 for instance i had a ton of star wars and 64 games um Rogue squadron was probably my favorite yeah same yeah then there was also the pod racing one which was yeah, it was actually kind of fun <laughs> surprisingly right and um what was a shadows of the empire shadows of the empire was the man. that was the real one dash Randar. oh yeah oh man that was that was definitely good but then there was also the bounty hunter game i yep. think they came out for the n64 too so it's sort of like a prequel to the prequels you know how <laughs> how yeah, the prequel, uh, prequel 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 you know how django got the the job so to speak so all those all those memories i have of you know being engrossed in in star wars and you know the visuals behind it and all the extra stuff that they had on, you know, on the side, I really loved.
0: Yeah. I, it's the same for me. I mean, obviously we were born um, in the, in the post empire period of mm-hmm. um, after the original trilogy, but that's what we had when we first gotten into this. Uh, the, the friend of mine who I remember getting into it with, his name was Nick Pettit. And unfortunately we've kind of fallen out of touch in the last couple of years, but um, he is... Uh, he had these games and particularly one, it was, I don't think it was Rogue Squadron, but it was a, um, a Star Wars ship game. And I remember flying the Millennium Falcon through the Death Star 2, like tunnel trench, like mm-hmm. mangles of steel beams and TIE fighters flying by. Um, and then, uh, we had a, his birthday is like three days before mine. So we had like a joint birthday for, um, when the return of the Jedi came out. The special edition, mm-hmm. um, whatever the remake number fourteen of of, of the of the movies special um, edition number seventy seven, starring right. no, more CGI from we, George yeah. Lucas. We added four more trees in the background of the scene, um, but it's the one where like you get the Sarlacc pit monster with the like lotus mm-hmm. flower uh, Venus flytrap mouth. Yeah, um, that is what we saw as a birthday party once. So um, that was like you know it was pretty big, and I, I just remember being in general uh, all about the show loved playing rogue squadron loved mm-hmm. playing i never had a nintendo 64 but i was always at a, a neighborhood friend's house playing it um just be like having that joystick and being able to fly with the jet pack um yeah
1: i that, it's, that, that was awesome a lot of fun there was a do you remember i don't even know if they still have these anymore like dave and busters uh and gameworks types type uh locations. Yeah. I'd love going to those specifically because of the Star Wars arcade game that they had. Mm. And it was mm. uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's you basically sit in a chair and it's like a cockpit with a with a with oh, a yes. joystick.
0: I, and you can control that Yeah. That's
1: that's what I would blow my money on. Yeah. And not only will you go through the original trilogy of uh, flying different ships and going through different events in the movies, but there were these bonus rounds where you'd be Luke Skywalker with a lightsaber. Yeah. I remember there's one bonus round where you have to go up against uh Boba Fett and he's flying around on the jetpack above the sonic uh-huh. pit and you have to deflect his his blast. Nice. And there's and I think one the final one is against you and Darth Vader in Cloud City. That's cool. So you have to like it tells you point this way, point this way, and you and you
0: block his blast. Yeah. Man. I remember Um, the first time I saw VR, I was like, oh, the best use of this is going to be lightsaber uh, video games where you can just hold the joystick, mm -hmm. which is just the hilt of your saber, and and move it around. I was like, once they started doing those games, it, it was really cool.
1: They have something like that in Disney Springs that I've never been able to do. Um, I want to do, but then the pandemic hit, but there's one where you basically play as a stormtrooper, and it's you and a squad of up to three other people. And you've got your, you know, your blasters and your headset on and you actually move around in this, in this stage, so to speak. Yeah. And you have to uh, complete these missions. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love how, um, Immersive the Star Wars universe physically is with the technology that you have now. Like you can use yeah. your imagination with graphic novels and books, but then you also have movies and
0: games and, and VR. Mm-hmm. So yeah, even it's cool the the impact that games have in general on like fantasy storylines, um, like Halo and other things. But mm-hmm. um, the like I even had I had a Super Nintendo growing up, and the Star Wars game I had was pretty much one of those like. Um, 2d games you're just moving sideways on the screen Mm -hmm. as the stuff moves by but um getting to experience the the movie or the universe or galaxy in that way like in your hands was kind of just yeah i remember being really really cool i was when i growing up i didn't have a super nintendo um
1: i had to save up for to get the n64 when it when it came out and for a while i felt pretty bad um like oh man i didn't get a super nintendo like all my other friends did or whatever or the other kids uh but then years later as an adult i played all the star wars games uh on the super nintendo and i'm really glad i didn't <laughs> before when i was a kid because those games were absolute garbage <laughs> like even yeah. even in late mid 90s early 90s standards i'm like wow these <laughs> these games are are terrible i'm really glad that my first foray into um, into Star Wars was games like Rogue Squadron and Shadows of the Empire because even if you look at the at the graphics now like they look absolutely terrible but the mechanics were, were fun even
0: for yeah I found an for emulator the for the PC for Shadows yeah. of the Empire that I tried recently yeah and it is it is insane how awful those graphics are in comparison <laughs> and I remember thinking like I was I was there in real life when I was playing I was like oh these are this is a 3D thing like ah, oh, this is like I'm really there And now it's (laughs) kind of like, how did I ever buy into that illusion? The wampas are still terrifying.
1: You know, the one you turn. Oh man. I think when you turn a corner and you go into sneak up on you, they just come out of nowhere. Just one,
0: one shot. You're done. Yeah. So Chris, what do you love most about star Wars? Why is it that you keep coming back to this? Well, I,
1: I like the, there's a certain morality that's in star Wars, a positive morality. Um, there's a particular theme that gets repeated a lot, and it's not just to move the story along. It's uh, it's the concept of hope, and it's the way that I see it. It's it's less about okay, you've got these good guys, and you know, against all the odds, they got to beat the bad guys, and the bad guys keep coming at them. Every story in Star Wars has been like that so far, but I feel like there's a, a larger story at play. In which we, as as people, can be better, and we can do good towards the people that are around us. And if we at least do a little bit of good to the people in our in our circles, or even outside of our circles, even to complete strangers, mm-hmm. then we can at least leave the world, or in the, in the sense of Star Wars, we can leave the galaxy just a little bit better. And that yeah. seems to be a, a theme that keeps repeating in every story that I see whether it be on film or on screen like you know Clone Wars and Rebels and
0: shows like that yeah I think um you know like like any good story uh that persists for decades or or you know, centuries um they your perspective on them changes as your like age and and station in life changes and so like there's I feel like you know, obviously I'm not a super old guy, but, um, we I are have men of seen, a certain age. We are, as we like to say, and I have, you know, found new ways of enjoying this a- as at all different points in my life. And, um, I think that it just kind of keeps getting renewed in some ways is what is, you know, one of the cool things. It's not something like, Oh yeah, I used to like that, when I was a kid, because I liked that thing, it's like I liked this for that when I was that age. But now I see things that I'm like identifying as an adult that are like, oh yeah, it is really hard to handle the pressure of leading an organization that totally went over my head when I was watching cool lightsaber battles and mm-hmm. and and blasters with stormtroopers. Um, so I think that's that's what is cool in general about this type of story, but particularly you know i think george lucas's perspective on like the way he kind of weaves in subtly and not overbearingly uh allusions to our universe our our galaxy and you can kind of see reflections in um in what it's like to you know to live is i think it's really cool
1: and what i also love about that is is we're not we're not holding ourselves to a particular universe in the way that it was originally structured. Like this isn't, you know, like a token, this isn't the token verse. This isn't the, you know, George RR R. Martin game of Thrones verse where if you deviate from it just for a little bit, it, it's a completely different story. And the fan base doesn't, doesn't appreciate that. And, and that's happened with star Wars. And yeah, there's, there are fans that sort of clamor, you know, this is different. We don't like it. This is not what what we grew up with. This isn't what core Star Wars is. But I think even George Lucas from the very beginning just sort of said, this is what I had. And, um, you know, the rest is up to you. Yeah. at some point he did have to hand it off. Like, y- you can't just keep saying, oh, George, George didn't like this. Like, well, it's one, it's not up to him anymore. It's now up to somebody else. Yeah. But... It's also opened up a lot of the fan base, like, you know, like our last guest, Balance of the Force, for them to add on to this existing universe and make new and, and very beautiful stories. Yeah, it's super cool. Has your rebel cell recently relocated and your home base is in need of a renovation?
0: Was your Jedi temple burned down by an angsty Skywalker and now you're looking to rebuild? Or maybe you're just trying to add a few smuggling compartments to
1: hide in during an imperial search? Well, Delta Designers is here to help. Delta is a nationwide network
0: of architects and designers led by Chris and
1: myself. If you're ready to start that home renovation you've been putting off, click on the link in the show notes or shoot us an email to mike
0: at deltadesigners.com. Mention DeathWatch for $100 off a feasibility study and make a plan today. This is the way.
1: This episode of Death Watch is also brought to you by Skull Square Design Company. We're also huge fans of The Mandalorian, as well as Star Wars in general, and we wanted to share that love by making gifts for our fellow fans of Mando and the Child. Whether you wanted some flair while enjoying your favorite beverage in Oga's Cantina, or wanted to covertly show your support to the Resistance while exploring Batuu, we've got gifts for everybody. And not just Star Wars fans, but Marvel and Disney fans too. Check us out at SkullSquared.com or follow us on social media at SkullSquared. That's Skull with a C, As in, see y'all real soon.
0: I think what's, you know, new for me in the last few years is that as my kids start to engage it, I I see one, I see a whole new perspective on it because I'm seeing it as they see it. And, you know, because they have not. Uh, watched all of the movies or all of the, like they don't know some of the storylines that are happening and they kind of question, like, you know, they're watching rebels and they're like, why doesn't Kanan trust the, the clones? And, and like, I'm not going to tell you right now because it's, it's kind of a pretty big deal, but mm-hmm. they are starting to see, you know, things, um, just in new ways that like once at the moment that i saw a clone trooper in attack of the clones i was like oh i know where this is going because of the rest of the story but um they are not quite there yet and so there's just i think it's it's cool to see how people can approach it from multiple different ways yeah um
1: i do really appreciate even the story lighting. Story writing, I should say, and the, the Lighting character is good building. too. Lighting is great. Lighting is Let's excellent. Just check out the lighting here. Is Yeah, this is, you know, you got some weird low fluorescent things going on.
0: I like uh, the, do- the L3. Um, yeah.
1: Where is she? Over there. Her brain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just ignore this guy. We don't know how he got on the ship. Mm-hmm. Just some weird guy selling us pork, chicken. Um, I, we started this. <laughs> he was telling this- us not to vote
0: for Trump. <laughs> I had no idea what he was here about. I don't know. <laughs> 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 Crazy.
1: Um, we started this podcast talking about The Mandalorian, and I'll, I'll go back to that in a second. Mm-hmm. This, f- four second, rather, Th- that show in particular I think has always will always have the top spot until something better comes around to, to beat it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a movie, but it feels like a movie. It feels like a long movie. Yeah. In terms of the writing, how the characters are introduced, the character building, their elements that tug at your heartstrings, the music, um, the the action. I feel like The Mandalorian really did and does have it all. And I think it set the standard, not just for uh, future shows or film, even in the Star Wars universe, but really how shows and, and filming should be, not just with the, the writing, but even the use of the technology. Yeah, like that V F V, you know the the visual effects sort of dome that they have, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, I, I really suggest you look at the Mandalorian season one, like behind the scenes of mm-hmm. how they actually did the filming for the show. So yeah. even the use of that technology is really changing the way story writing and visual storytelling is is happening in our day.
0: Yeah, um, I think you know that's one aspect of how this. The, the universe is broadening is that it started as some movies, which developed into a trilogy, which developed into multiple trilogies, and now is being explored in new ways where, you know, you can move the story along slowly and not feel like you're wasting people's time because you've got to cram it into the two and a half hours throughout the theater. You can you can explore much smaller elements of the universe, uh, which I think is cool seeing yeah. In the outer rim explored in ways that like they would have just been in the background of a shot as uh you know Jedis walked by doing whatever they were doing, and now it's like the guy selling you know some street stuff is is now all of a sudden an important character mm-hmm. um so yeah, or if you want to binge watch the whole thing in
1: eight hours straight and yeah you know bleed from the eyeballs and have a severe migraine, that's up to you
0: too, I mean, yeah, no one's gonna judge you, yeah. <laughs> So kind of speaking of about how this is broadening into new projects, what are you most excited about or looking forward to, you know, over the next 40 years of star Wars? So
1: we, we haven't talked about it yet on the show. We've touched it on it briefly, but there's this uh, new series of books that are and comic and uh, graphic novels that are being released based on the high Republic, which happens, I think 200 years before the, uh, the events of the, of the Clone Wars and like in the prequel series. Mm-hmm. And from what I can gather, there's been a very good, you know, critical response from, from the fan base and new characters that are being introduced. And, uh, and when we were growing up, we had Knights of the Old Republic,
0: which took place like 2000 years, I think yeah, before, but inexplicably all of the droids and ships were almost the same. So they were exactly the same years later.
1: Yeah. If Star Wars has told us anything, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it just shoot it and it gets, and it'll work and, or no longer work depending on the context. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's a similar idea where it's like this classical, uh, period of time. Yeah. The clothes are different. The characters are different. They're new. Um, but the, th- you know, the threats are similar in which there's people that are fighting for the Republic or rather for peace. And then others trying to upend that. So, um, Like, I haven't personally delved into it too much, but I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that happening on the big screen. Maybe not sometime soon. Yeah. uh, But, you know, sometime within the next decade or so. Yeah. Uh, And I'm for me personally, I love, there are certain physical aspects. I love going to the the Disney parks. I've been to Galaxy's Edge and Hollywood Studios. And I love what they did with the area of, of Batuu. You know, the way you walk in and all the elements, you know, it's all fake, but it doesn't look it. It doesn't look like you're you're walking into Toontown or some fake circus or whatever. It, it all looks real. And everybody who's there, who's involved in the park, they, they do a good job of making it feel real. And, when, and they just announced um, a resort, essentially, that once you walk in, it feels like you're on a star cruiser. And you, evidently, they, like, they lock the cool. they lock the doors, and you're not allowed to leave for like two days. Wow! <laughs> but it's, it's kind of like you're on an actual cruise ship, where yeah. okay, it, the the boat's off the dock. You want to get off? There's the water, you know. Yeah. So we'll be
0: back in three days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> good luck. Hope you like the food. So yeah, I, I that's an experience that although I may never be um, able to afford it, it, it seems like a very interesting concept to bring this fake universe into the real one and become immersed in it you know with characters and activities and and things like that so i'm really excited to see the more physical aspects of star wars sort of bleeding into the real world so that we ourselves can can experience experience it firsthand
0: yeah well, yeah, I was, I saw, I was reminded of this the other day that, um, in men in black, the, um, like cockroach aliens that hang out in the, uh, break room, they, <laughs> yeah. they speak Hatties, um, huh. which like, uh, you know, signifies that the star Wars galaxy, it does exist and that they have made their way as far as earth. Um, but you know, I believe just, that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you got to think about if, you? if like traveling all over one galaxy is possible, why can't you do transgalactic travel? Um, you know, whatever. Anyway. until I see Men in
1: Black on Tatooine, I'll, 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 I'll believe it when I see it. Essentially, yeah.
0: um, you know, I, I think you're right about kind of the old Republic, High Republic timeframes being fertile ground for new ideas. I think what no one really thinks a whole lot about is a thousand years beyond our Mm -hmm. like movie storylines. Like what happens? What does the galaxy look like again? There's just nothing to refer to at all, Uh, we can always kind of think historically about what happened to get to where we are today. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that would be an interesting thing. I think in the short term, I'm definitely looking forward to like bad batch just came out today. Mm -hmm. Um, we'll be talking about that show in time. I think that will continue to take the approach that the clone wars animated series and rebels did where they kind of flesh out small little things that, um, were kind of glossed over in the movies, but show you a little bit about where we are or how we got to where we are today. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then same with the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, it's kind of looking at a time period that we haven't specifically seen, but that we know about what in general happened. So I think that would be cool. And obviously Obi-Wan's my, favorite character so i'm excited to yeah see what he looked like as a middle-aged man going crazy in the desert <laughs> um uh, on that yeah. note i'd also be
1: i'm also excited for like the book of boba fett and the ahsoka series too like the more more of the live action stuff yeah and if it's anything like how they did the mandalorian then um i think they they're setting the the bar set pretty high yeah for them to do that to do exactly what they did if not Better because there's also a lot of other questions that haven't been answered from the Rebel series, for instance, like where's Thrawn? What happened to Ezra? You know, where what is the future of what is Ahsoka's future? Because in the time of uh Rise of Skywalker at the end, we hear her voice when Ray's calling out to the Force, we don't know if she's still alive or not. It's sort of it hasn't been confirmed. I mean. So we don't know what her fate is. Hopefully, the Ahsoka series will either fill
0: us in or... Well, we heard Mace Windu's voice, too, and we know he's still alive, so... (laughs) (laughs) Still disappointed that he wasn't the Jedi who showed
1: up to to rescue Grogu, but, you know... Yeah. Well, there was
0: was another... You remember that, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Punch it, Chewie.
0: Um, (laughs) When they... I think it's at the B, it's right near the beginning of the Siege of Mandalore in Season 7 of the Clone Wars. Him mm-hmm. and Obi-Wan like jump out of a, uh, a- a clone transport and fall like 700, 800 feet through a glass <laughs> ceiling and into a factory and just yeah. land. And then they're like, Hey, we're here to fight. <laughs> um, I, I love how he gave, he gave them
1: a, a a choice. Like, Hey, um, I've destroyed like tens of thousands of you guys. I'm going to give you a chance to uh, drop your weapons. Yeah. I'm fine. Adding four or 500 more to the list, yeah, but to the list, uh, it's up to you. No, one, two, three, four. Oh, yeah. It's about 600 of you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that, um, I think what has yet to be I think what's yet to be seen is like that what you just talked about, like that future of it. And but I I feel like the reason why they haven't talked about is because collectively the audience and the creative teams and everybody involved, they need a breather. It was it was a lot to put out for the
0: sequels. Yeah, I'm thinking it'll be like when my kids generation are picking up and writing new stories. That's uh, an area where they could be focusing on.
1: Yeah. 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 I, I, I think it's safe to say that we're not going to see any end of Star Wars anytime soon. No. Um, I think there's, a, it's it's more than just, you know, new franchises and stuff, but it's just the, the fan base is, is multi-generational at this point. I right. mean, there are grandparents that are really into Star Wars um, and there's new kids, you know, that are elementary school age, like, mm-hmm. like your kids that are, that are fans of it now. Yeah. So, it's going to be around here for a while.
0: Yeah. Well, obviously we both love it enough to take the time to talk about it every week or every other week. Yeah. Um, it's a, you know, it's an awesome story. It's an awesome universe. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an honor to even have an audience to, to talk to you about it. Agreed. Well, that's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. While we were talking, I realized that this is our quarter-century episode of the podcast, (laughs) which is pretty exciting. Um, A statistic showed us recently that most podcasts don't make it past, I think it was 10 episodes. Um, So it really feels like an accomplishment to do this with you guys and have you guys listening. Um, It's really cool. So thank you. Yeah, Yeah, we really appreciate all
1: um, all the engagement that we have with you you know, not just listening for the podcast, but, you know, following us on our social media accounts like on TikTok and, and on Instagram. And we have fun, you know, engaging with all of you as well, too. So, uh, moving forward, if anyone wants to, you know, become a part of the podcast, you know, talk about something a specific part of Star Wars lore that they love, that they really want to, you know, discuss, we'd be more than willing to, uh, you know, to talk about it with you guys. Um sort of just wanted to remind you that we do have, um, if you, if you love the show and you love us and you love us talking about it, there's a few ways that you can actually support us by doing so. We do have our merch on our Etsy shop. We actually have a sale going on starting today as of the time of this recording on May the 4th, running for a week. It's going to be 15% off everything that we have. Uh, just use check the, out that sick yeah. new
0: pew pew mask. Yeah. Uh, looks pretty awesome. And yeah, uh, and, it's, and it, and it
1: feels pretty great too, you know? Um, yeah. With you can use it with the matching pew pew t shirt. Uh we also have our in our this is the way in Aura line, which includes uh T shirts, hoodies, um, even some
0: some tin mugs. I just got so, a onesie for my uh um, yeah. two month old son. It's yeah, how does it has a fit sweet. by the way? Um well he's a little bit small for it, but it fits. he will go into
1: it. <laughs> yeah. He's a little wee for the This for is the wee. way. This is the wee. So um you can if if you can follow us on social media at Death Watch Podcast at at I on Instagram and if you use the code May the Fourth on checkout, you'll have fifty percent off of everything that's on our
0: shop. Nice, yeah. Also follow us on Instagram at deathwatchpodcast, on Twitter at deathwatchcast, at deathwatchcast on TikTok. And if you have any questions, comments, or you want to try to get on a future episode, you can email us at deathwatchpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. May May the the 4th be with with you. you.